There are many ways people listen to vision, including through a PC at work. When you fire up your computer at work, go to vision.org.au slash listen and click the Vision or V180 Listen Live buttons. You can also catch the latest Vision National News Bulletin and enjoy a growing range of on-demand podcasts from the same page all while you work. However, and wherever you listen to Vision, you can be sure that the announcers, programs and music will help you look to God daily. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. Turning our attention to the sadness and desperation that many young couples grapple with, hearing the words from their doctor, you're not able to have children. The issue of infertility is difficult for any couple aspiring to begin a family of their own. Author, speaker and broadcaster Sheridan Voisey and his wife Merrin have been so open, so humble and so transparent telling their story for many, many years. Now Sheridan Voisey has just released a 90-day devotional for couples navigating the difficult path of infertility. It's called Praying Through Infertility, a 90-day devotional for men and women. Sheridan is joining us from the UK. Hey, Sheridan, welcome back to 2020. Oh, good to be with you again, Neil. Sheridan, the very first devotional, uh, the very first devotion in your new book on day one is entitled Riding the Roller Coaster. Give us an in a nutshell story of you and your wife, Merrin. Yeah, well, my goodness. I mean, Catherine Gantlett wrote that uh, particular entry that you're talking about, and she got it absolutely right. There is a roller coaster of emotions because. When you just go into the doctor and you have that conversation that you've just talked about, then the roller coaster is has suddenly dipped right deep down. And then you have those moments where you think, maybe there's hope, maybe there's hope. And so up the roller coaster goes again and you're starting to get excited. And then you get to the top and then you're kind of swooping down again. And for Merrin and I, that roller coaster of emotions took the form of expectation and disappointment and then expectation you're at the top and disappointment you're swooping down the bottom and it was it's very very difficult and what happens for couples in that situation is that that expectation every 28 days you think well maybe something has changed maybe the ivf has worked maybe the prayer has worked um maybe the special diets you're on have worked and then if it hasn't of course you've got that crushing disappointment and you experience that month after month maybe even year after year and it starts to pick away at your soul. Crushing disappointment, uh, the sorts of adjectives you might use there, and maybe there's none that's even perfectly adequate, but you talk about being alone or feeling alone, alone in your sadness, alone in your anger, alone in your confusion. How does that aloneness feel? There is something very isolating about infertility, uh, as an experience, it's not something you're going to strike up a conversation <laughs> with somebody at the pub, at the cafe, even in church. And if you do then kind of get the the bravery to be able to talk to somebody, say, at church about it, you, you just don't know what you're going to get. Now, we had a really good run. We were surrounded by really good people who are very sensitive. Um, but sometimes people aren't sensitive. And sometimes people jump in very quickly with 
the whole, well, you've just got to have more faith or maybe there's a secret sin in your life uh, or, you know, you've just got to hold on to it, name it, claim it. Uh, all of those kinds of things, which long term very rarely turn out to be helpful for, for anybody. And so you, it's hard to find the person to talk to, the person to confide in who will just listen and will empathize with you. And if you do find that person, it's an absolute gift, by the way, generally they can only give you empathy because since infertility is, you know, on a population-wide statistic, it's still fairly rare, it's hard to find somebody else who's gone through it. And because nobody's talking about it, well, you're not going to find your tribe, are you? You're not going to find the tribe of other people who have gone through it. But Neil, when you find that person who's gone through it, they have the empathy and they are able to sit through with you and 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 just listen and say, we know what you're talking about. We've been there. Oh, my goodness, what a gift it is. When the doctor says those words for the first time, uh, I'm sorry, you're not going to be able to have children. That's the start of a whole new journey, isn't it? You're changing everything because then... You're on that roller coaster, as you were describing, and you're going through all of the possibilities. The possibilities are there, and I guess while there are possibilities, you have some level of hope. But a point comes where you've run out of possibilities. Is this where the loneliness and the desperation really kicks in? That's a really good question. I actually think the loneliness and the desperation kind of hits a little bit earlier because you really need the, the comrades around you early in the journey. And then you really need them about halfway through. And boy, you need a select group of people right at the end. If this is the journey that you're going to take, that it's not going to result in any children at all, which, which by the way, just for the sake of our listener who this is affecting, that's actually fairly rare. Marin and my story is actually fairly rare that you, you don't have any child at all from you know, your attempts at IVF, uh, your, your your attempts at prayer, uh, your attempts at fostering and adoption. Generally, most people, something happens and, you know, they get a little child one way or the other. For some of us, that's not the case. The loneliness for Merrin and me, and I'm just speaking of our own personal experience here, once we actually brought the journey to an end, and and Neil, you know that journey for us was 10 years. I mean, we, we gave it a long shot and we tried everything that we felt comfortable trying. By that stage, the loneliness probably wasn't so much of an issue. What is on your mind are two or three different things, which I'm so glad that the contributors to Prank to Infertility have, have tackled. Every little experience of infertility has been tackled by the writers in this book, which I'm so grateful for. But one of those is, who's going to look after us when we're old? And the other one is, will we always lose contact with our friends because they've had an experience that we haven't had and so we can't connect. And so what happens is they have little children, you've got no children. Then those children grow up to be teenagers, you've got no teenagers. Later on, they're marrying them off and you don't have that experience. And later on, they're, you're becoming, a, the friends are becoming grandparents and you're not having that experience. And so you can always fear that you're going to be out of step with your friends. Thankfully, we've had good, wonderful group of friends who that has never been a problem with. And so, Sheridan, uh, in, sen in some sense here, as the journey goes on and you've gone through those different changes of your life and your friends have children and teenagers and then they're growing up and now by this time they're thinking of their grandchildren, uh, you've been able to navigate this passageway and there is hope beyond the desperation. 
yeah there there really is and i guess that's that's the message that uh god has laid on merin and, and me to share over these last few years uh, i wrote a book called resurrection year which told our story in detail i can't believe that's 10 years old now continues to sell i continue to get emails from readers who are so grateful for that i'm, I'm so glad and now with this praying for infertility that's really written for the couple who is going through what we were going through 15 years ago um on, on that path our particular outcome to that which is not everybody's outcome like i mentioned our particular one not having any child at the end one of the big i think one of the big mantles we've been given is to let people know your life is not over uh you have plans from god that you now have hands that are empty yes you feel that emptiness but your hands are now empty to receive the next calling that god has for you i don't know what that is doesn't have to be grand. Sometimes it's just simply because you've now got the empathy and the compassion for people who have got broken dreams themselves. They haven't had what they've really wanted in their life. And so you've got this empathy and compassion. You can be that person who sits down next to them and says, tell me, tell me. It's not my experience what you're going through, but I know a little bit about the spiritual experience. Uh, that's been the great, uh, uh, <laughs> the positive side of the roller coaster journey actually for us is we've had callings to pursue beyond family. Let's just reflect here for a few moments. It's one thing to try and navigate this journey on your own, but as listeners can hear, God is a part of your journey. And one of the devotions that you've written is called He Knows You. How valuable is the thought, and perhaps even you might even say a deeper and inner understanding that we are known by God and that it hasn't taken Him by surprise? Any couple who walks through infertility for an extended period of time, and by that I, I mean generally over two years, will at some stage, if they're a person of faith, will at some stage say, God, have you ignored us? God, have you forgotten us? God, uh, are you listening? Are you there? All of those experiences, all of those feelings are very, very natural. And it was profoundly comforting for me to do uh, a, a study through the Psalms and to recognize, no, he, he knows me intimately. He really does know me. Know every sinew, every atom, every little DNA string, he knows us. And to know then that he knows exactly what we're going through and he knows exactly what I'm feeling right now does a few things. Number one, it enables you to be honest with God because if you're really feeling angry with him, um, well, holding it to yourself, <laughs> he already knows about it anyway. So actually, it's probably better just to express it. Lord, I'm really angry. Why haven't you come through by now? You read the Old Testament prophets, and they're all getting angry with God. There is there is a certain degree of, yes, we have reverence for God. He's, he's far bigger and greater than us. But there is a, a certain freedom that he allows us to be emotionally honest with him. Uh, and then secondly, it just, it just well, I'm not alone. He's with me in this. And Maybe there's some good reasons, and maybe I'll never know them, but maybe there's some good reasons why he hasn't uh, come through for me in this particular way at this particular time. Well, if we're not facing infertility personally, you might know someone who is, and this might be a wonderful gift or a recommendation for them. It is a new book. It's called Praying Through Infertility, a 90-day devotional for men and women. Each daily devotional includes a scripture verse and prayer. And there's an inspirational story where fears and anger are transformed into confident expectation and pure worship. 
you might want to get a hold of the book. The book is called Praying Through Infertility, a 90-day devotional for men and women. The author is Sheridan Voisey, and you might like to connect with Sheridan at SheridanVoisey.com. SheridanVoisey.com. Sheridan, plenty more to talk about for another day, and I'll invite you back again, but thank you so much for sharing these thoughts with listeners today on 2020. Mm-hmm. Always a joy, Neil. Thanks so much. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 